Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com golf. Fella. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to a fresh episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien. And I'm Scotty Upshaw. What's happening, big fella? Up dog, a little Ajax mountain behind you there. That's a that's a tough mountain there. I've had a couple close encounters on that fucker. Yeah, it sure is, Obi. I was actually uh this weekend I took uh I took little Izzy and the family up to uh we went up in the gondola right behind me, went up, had a little lunch, did a little tour at the top of the mountain. It's pretty fucking high up there. I gotta stay pretty high, pretty high. Did Izzy, little, uh, did Izzy, does she like it up there or how does she like that? Izzy loves it up there, but she's a little freaked out of bugs. And I'm like, honey, if you knew where your father was from in Fort McMurray, Alberta, you see the size of the bugs up there. These would just be nothing. You know, she's never, seen a, bug bug California, she's never right? seen a mosquito. Um, <laughs> but she does love it. I gotta say, she uh she's become great. she's become quite, uh, quite the mountaineer. She loves it. She goes to the gym, she goes to gymnastics in the morning, she goes to these little schools in the afternoon and um and then dad gets to, you know, do his thing. So it's uh, it's a nice little mix up here, I got to say. I heard uh, rumor back here in California is there was a paintball game gone rogue. I heard there was like, <laughs> I heard there was a, like maybe a fight was between K-Wash and Noah. And then you hit Sino and behind the helmet with a, I don't know. No, I here, I'll was, just, I'll, I'll break down the whole story for you. In, Spencer in was telling so, the boys. So the draft, it was, it was Noah captains, our boy, Noah, who I thank him, his company platform. I'm at this office right now. He's an absolute legend. Um, so Noah picks first round, um, first overall pick. He picks me, Cody wanted me and I've never, I haven't played paintball in fucking 10 years. So although I do since have my own gun. Since we played <laughs> in Hollywood, where, where you spent $10,000 on paintball equipment for one day. In well, Hollywood not 10 K. I think my gun was like 1800. <laughs> And but it's what about badass, your suit? I don't have too. You got to have a suit. You guys crazy? <laughs> so, so I don't have my gun anyway. But they find out that I own a gun. So I guess that's why I was a top pick. But um, so Cody picks K Wash second overall, and he knows that he's like, this is just not good. Like I, I know I don't have the right team. Well, anyway, 
First game, it's capture the flag, and I say, fuck it. And I fly straight up the middle. I get the flag, and I run right back. And then they pull just a slimy, slimy move. They, they're like, someone hits you, someone hits you. And I'm like, fuck that. I come right up to them. One of their guys broke a paintball in their finger and went to my helmet and, like, rubbed it on the side of my helmet. It was like, look, look. And, I, and I'm like, you fucking, no chance this, this hit me, right? So... It starts off with a little foul play, a little cheating right off the bat. Well, maybe third game in, I go full rogue, like you just said, and I am assassinating everyone. Like, no one is safe. I, I, got, I, I hit a couple of the kids. I get a couple of the girls out. Oh and I, I clip a couple of kids on the hey. way by. <laughs> and I come around, but buddy, I come around back, and I'm behind K-Wash and Cody's bunkers. And I just pelt K-Wash three times, like two in the back and one in the, in the hamstring. Ooh, and he stingy. loses it. Stingy. And then I come around and I'm Cody would, Cody will tell you, and I, and he can come on this podcast and, and stick up for himself if he wants. But he says I was five to 10 feet away from him when I give, when I assassinated him. Yeah. That's what I heard. <laughs> it that's was pure, it was pure execution, but I was, I, I was at least 25 feet away and I fucking just, I look, I go two, boom, boom. One hits him in the back. The next one, as he's falling, hits him right on the top of the back, like the back. There's of the no head. gear behind your back. That would hurt. There's no equipment back, back head, there. Right? No, talk about the back of the head. The helmet only covers your face yeah. and your ears. I clipped him in, buddy. My from my viewpoint, the way his hands like went like this, and he just <laughs> fell over. I'm like, oh my god, but. I still had to go get this flag and I didn't know if anyone was still alive to shoot me. So I just, as soon as I beeline Cody, I'm like, fuck, I got to go get the flag. <laughs> so I'm so out of breath that it takes me like, it literally takes me five to 10 minutes to get back to the, to the fort where you reload your guns and everyone's kind of taking water. And I come back there and C note is pissed off. Like he took his helmet off. He seen blood on the back of his head and he lost his mind. Well, little did I know I was walking into an absolute fucking stormtrooper. And ambush? when I can't, did they ambush? Yeah, it was an ambush. They oh, ambushed sick. me. What the fuck you doing executing everyone? And I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. I just, you know, it was it was kill or be killed. Like you turned and you had your gun at me, so I boom, boom. And you know, I felt bad, but you know, as as elevated and as heated as it got, I well, we're still best friends, and and you know. Is it, it's is it's it, killer be killed out there. Is it, I hate paintball. Remember how good that Kevin Miller was at paintball at Hollywood paintball? Oh, he was a killer. He this guy was, was a an killer. assassin. And Flowers was such a pussy. Remember Flowers was like hide, but he did get me more than I got him. But um, did, rule, did of thumb, rule of thumb is you cannot hide in paintball. You just I'll have to go and paint. get, you got to go into the mix and just fucking shoot. And if you duck, don't stay there forever. Get up and move. It's like, you have to. I'll never play paintball. My paintball days are behind me. But hey, is it true that K Wash went and locked himself in, the, in his car afterwards or something? <laughs> it sure is. Yeah, he was pissed. There was no way he was having. He had a huge welt right under, just missed his ball sack, right under his groin. And I would have paid anything. I would have paid anything to see K Wash storm <laughs> off there and just be like, that's just a fucking joke and go lock himself in his car. I would have paid anything for that. It was after the third game, too. And he just peeled off all his, his gear and just said, I'm done. You know, and his son Ryder. Ryder was a little upset that, and Ryder was upset that there was. We were all swearing at each other, and there's a little pushing and shoving. And it was just a good old. Yeah, fucking. no, it's like, hey, listen, anytime a paintball game that happens in Aspen that gets back toward California, you know it's an intense paintball game. So 
let's just tell the boys it's it's been talked about in other states. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I gotta ask up talking about this intense paintball game. I saw your Insta story about it or whatever, but uh, um, yeah, I know Prince, I left that out. Princey, what's up, fella? How you doing after uh, a week after of of the? Uh, are, are you okay, by the way? Well, I'm okay now because I, I, I just realized I didn't have my mic on mute and I was trying not to laugh out loud at this paintball story. I haven't heard that one before. That's hilarious. But, oh, boys, normally I, I, I'm positive. I'm upbeat. I'm, I am. I'm always happy to be on Missing Curfew snapping around with you guys, but it is not good times in Calgary right now. It is rough in the city of Calgary. Stampede is over. Johnny Gaudreau is gone. People Matthew are just Kachuk hung cheese from the oh, Stampede. Now, <laughs> now it sets in. You're like, fuck, we don't even have Johnny Hockey. Matty Kachuk scored yeah. arbitration. Our rink sucks. All the, guy, all the guys probably cheated on their girlfriends at the Stampede. <laughs> They're probably just like, oh, guys are getting there's, the no Z -packs. there's no Z-Packs in the city of, Cal in the city of Calgary. Oh, guys were kicked out of their house. They got nowhere to live. They're like, fuck, we got no Johnny Hockey. Maddie's going to arbitration. McDavid's sick. Oilers are trying to catch. I am absolutely it one boys we'll get into the flames in the run later in the run down here boys but I'm happy to be here but I've got a bit of a fake smile on right now it's it's nice to see that missing curfew tarp up there top right that wasn't there last week was no it, it was not I'm starting to tear down this this flames wall it's starting to look like a bit of a funeral reception here because this team is <laughs> burn it to the ground boys burn it to the ground uh, uh, it's tough when you it's it's so tough when you lose like your top guy and, and the answer to it is just like complaining that while well, we offered him, you know, the same amount of money, it's just, you, you got to have option B, I think, Brad Tree Living. And I love Brad Tree Living. He was our, my assistant GM in Phoenix, but I yeah. mean, you, you lose him. What's, what's plan B? Do you like, you make a splash, you got to make a splash somehow. Would you say, Obes? I, I, I mean, it's, it's something that I, I agree with and I don't know if he, he really has a plan B, but we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that in uh, one second here. Offside. We just got to go over yeah. the old, the old open championship recap. Listen, first of all, I owe you an apology. Tiger, Tiger wasn't turning the fucking clocks back. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he was in the pubs in St. Andrews getting drunk every day after his practice rounds, but that was a hack fest up dog, a fucking hack fest. Yeah. Well, when you look at the talent that, uh, that we got to see come the weekend, like Saturday and Sunday was some of the best golf and, and played on such an old school, Holy grail ground that I, you just can't see tiger, you know, competing with these guys. There, there's just no way, you know, I mean, these guys going 18, 19, 20 under, yeah, you know, breaking the open championship record for low score. I, I, you know, tiger can beat it around, you know, Augusta like anyone, because he knows that course probably better than anyone, but, you know, you're going out there in the elements and, and that walk and, and everything. It's just, to me, it's uh it's a grind that I don't think our boy TW has in his, you know, in his bag anymore. Yeah. I just thought like, well, first of all, it wasn't windy at all. Right. So the, the, yeah, like, yeah. the, the bombers like McElroy, he didn't hit it in one bunk. He did one bunker all week and hold out in 10, like Rory and these guys, Cameron young and these big, they were bombing it. Fuck up. Dog. They were like, you, they were bombing it over these bunkers. That were like, okay, so without those bunkers for these guys, there's, yeah. there's no fucking, I mean, this is a pitch and putt for these boys. But I will say this about Tiger Up Dog. When I woke up Friday morning and I turned on my TV and I was watching it, I just got him when he was on 17. And um, when he when he walked over the bridge on 18 and he was getting the, the cheer, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'll say it here on Mr. Curfew. I was fucking crying in my bed like a fucking baby. I was just like, first of all, I realized I'm getting old, right? I'm like, fuck, I'm getting old because Tiger's yeah. fucking... 
and just everything he's done for the game and for golf for me. Like I wouldn't play, I wouldn't love golf as much as I do if it wasn't for Tiger. So I thought it was an emotional moment watching him walk over the bridge and tip his hat and he's crying and, and Rory's tipping his hat and JT's tipping his hat. Like it was pretty, it was a pretty, like Max Homa said, it was out of a movie. Yeah, that's, that's well said. And, and they can write a movie about it. It's, it's, it's iconic to, to be able to say we witnessed that, you know, I'll teach my, I'll teach my kids one day that, you know, golf was, yeah, it, it was what it was before Tiger Woods. And now it is what it is because of Tiger Woods. And, you know, like you said it best, I think every man has a soft spot in their heart while watching Tiger Woods either win or, or struggle whether it's on the course or off the course, uh, you know, we all feel like we hold a special place in our heart for that guy um, and, and a well-deserved spot. So as well said, it sucks. You know, is that his last open? I think they say that's probably his last open, right? Is, is at it, Saint, is it maybe at, at St. Andrews. At St. It Andrews, be. yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah, go yeah. back to St. Andrews. I don't even know if they have it scheduled for St. Andrews, so he might not play there again. Um I mean, the, another reason I fell in love with Tiger was when he got pinched up, dog, and it came out that he was just banging everything. He was banging tens, he was banging fours, he was banging sixes. I'm like, this guy's all right. Okay? This is a guy we could cheer for here. Like, yeah, but you know what, Obi? I think, I think he could have handled it better. And I think we've talked about this. And if we haven't, we might as well should. Had he just owned it? Had he just said, "Fuck, you know what, guys? Like, I, I, I fucked up." I have a, you know, a, a beautiful wife that, you know, obviously doesn't deserve this, this course of treatment, but I love my kids. I just, this is kind of who I am. And if I can continue this, I'm going to continue to be an absolute assassin. I'm going to win another hundred golf tournaments. And like he was on a, he was on a tear at the time. Like that was his lifestyle. And unfortunately as bad of a lifestyle it was, if you're married and if you have these sort of sexual issues, it was working for him. He was on top of his game. You know, when, when you say mentally focused on, on a golf course and then he lets it all out off the golf course and by, by term, let it eat. He was by, letting by, it eat. He started hanging out with MJ and Barkley in Vegas. Fucking Vegas, man. It'll get anyone. It took Tiger down. He was going there every weekend, just had a suite, was doing damage. But you make a great point. Imagine like Tiger had everything going on right there, right? Swedish model, beautiful wife, best player in the world, winning every week getting any girl he wanted on the side. And then one, one time, one morning he wakes up and realizes, holy shit, man, this is, it's over. I fucked up and now I got to deal yeah. with the consequences. So yeah, I can't imagine from going from that high, although it's his fault, but going to that low, you know what I mean? Upset. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there was, there was different ways to handle it. And I, uh, unfortunately there's no right way, but what we saw was a guy that was, that was on top of a mountain, you know, a Mount Everest for forever, for, for the longest time. And he got put through fucking the washing machine in the ringer and, and really took a long, long time to get out of it. And yeah. then the injuries piled up and then the struggles were there and then the addictions were there. And, and unfortunately it's, um, you know, it, it, it was a downfall of one of the greatest, you know, sports heroes, you know, the, of our time. Yeah. I, I would say it's cool to see Tiger just there at St. Andrews and join the, you know, he's almost there for the practice rounds and the, the media and the, be the ambassador of the game now, but it just sucks that at 46, if you wouldn't have gotten that car exit last year, like we'd still be seeing Tiger, right? If his, if his fucking leg wasn't banged up, he'd still be competing at the high, high yeah. level. Like he won the masters, you know, two years ago. Like it's just, it's a bummer that that accident is kind of the final because his body's so banged up. Yeah. I mean, we're just lucky that he's alive. And, yeah. and, and in saying that we're, we are very, very lucky. And, and it goes to, without saying like, you know, car accidents can happen in split seconds and, you know, you always got to be aware. You always got to be, 
Uh, if you're driving early in the morning, you better make sure you had enough sleep. Like there, there's so many things that go into it, right? It's, it's crazy, but you know, but before the, you know, blink of your eye, you know, your life can be over and yeah, Tiger was right there. So we're lucky that we still get to see him. Um, and that, you know, we can, um, we can watch him grow old and watch his kids learn from him. And, and, you know, so, uh, like you just said, it was a beautiful scene. Um, you know, it sucks, but, uh, what a win for Cameron Smith. Let's yeah. just talk about tough, that. Tough, tough, tough tiger bet for me. I apologize. I've been more to 250. So uh, thanks for jumping. Yeah, I jumped there. on the bandwagon, but I lost me 250 I lost so bucks, much, but I appreciate I it. I lost so much money Sunday morning. I, I took, listen, I, I was sitting pretty. My, my bet of the week was Scotty Scheffler finished top 20. Now, you know, you, you got to expect the guy. He's, you know, he's playing great golf. He's, he's tied for sixth or seventh going into Sunday's round. The guy makes... The guy doesn't make a birdie until hole 11, I think. And then all I need him to do is finish even going into 18 and the guy can't, and he finishes 23rd. So there was, that was that. And then I had, then I had DJ, <laughs> to, finish <laughs> DJ to finish top five. Cause I was pulling for my live, my live boys. And he fucking three putts 18. And guess what? He finishes tied for six, this fucking prick. And then, <laughs> and then I had Rory to win and I was pulling for Rory. I think everyone us really right like you yeah, know so so loops texted me the night before you know i think he's pinned at sylvan lake and he goes we're hammering rory minus 180 so first of all i'm already a little bit like ah fuck if loops is on it i'm like ah you know it scares me a bit away a little bit but then i'm like i don't know rory just when it comes down to it his putter right and i said in, the same in, fucking in, in, in rory's defense i watched the whole round in rory's defense that he went from okay i got a three-shot lead on this motherfucker pars are good to all of a sudden Cameron Smith goes fucking ham on the back nine, six birdies. And now Rory's got to turn it into birdie mode ups and he just yeah. the putter was cold. So I, I, I yeah. kind of feel for Rory, but I was pulling for him. I love this Cam Smith though. Ups. I love yeah. the way he puts. He's so like calm, cool and collective two beers fit in the Claire jug. He confirmed that for <laughs> us, but um, you picked him. Prince has got here. You picked him to be the th uppies three ball. What does that mean? Yeah, no, our DraftKings bet at the start of the round, uh, it was like him, Kepka, and another guy. And you could bet, like, you know, you could pick the winner of that three ball, of the three ball guys for the first round. So we, we had picked him, which is a winner to our fans. Um, there you go. I was, sitting at, I was sitting at dinner with Cody and K-Wash here in Aspen. I actually had this fucking Jings, and what a night we had. This guy, Jing, we put, we put him in a body bag, basically. We got him so drunk. And um, they were like... They were like, okay, who, who out of this leaderboard is going to win tomorrow? Thinking I was going to take either Rory or um, our Norwegian. How do we say his name? Hovland. Hovland. Okay. So I went, I went Smith and they're like, what? And I'm like Smith. And I go, Rory's putter. Same thing you just said. Then I go home and I'm, you know, a little tuned up and I start betting and I don't bet Smith, but I picked him and I'm like, you know why do I? That's do happened that? to you a couple times. That's happened to you a couple know, times this year in, in the majors. Yeah, you yeah. pick the guy, but you don't bet him. I know. It's, <laughs> that's when you know you're so, fucking drunk, Princey. When you fucking forget to bet the guy you picked, eh? I know. He that's when you know you're like, drunk. He texted me. He's like, did I, pick Cam, did I pick Cam Smith? And I was like, I had to go back and review the tapes, and we we only yeah. pulled up a three ball. That's good old oh, fashioned. New, that's good old fashioned newfie drunk, Princey. When you yeah. forget how <laughs> you're supposed to bet the guy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, so yes, no, it was a, it was it was awesome. That's it, dude. That. We got to get over to. I want to talk to you about this. We got to get over and play those courses. Start with St Andrews and all those, man. That what a track, man. It looks yeah. so sick. 
Yeah, we got to fire up BQ's bird. Billy, we're yeah. firing up the bird. We're making it over there. Billy, let's go, fella. Um, congrats to Cam Smith. He's good for the game. Speaking of good for the game, you know, they asked him right after the Open Championship, some prick out there asked him if you're going to the Live Tour, and you could tell that he was pissed that he asked him because he just won the Open. But you also tell that there might have been some truth to it. Rumor is Cameron Smith is leaving. David Faraday today announced he's going over there. Our favorite or my favorite, Charles Barkley, maybe going over there. I mean, these guys are coming up, dog. I mean, money, let's be honest. People can say what they want, but money talks, fella. And when you can get like guys like Faraday and Barkley now doing the, the color, and the, it's, I don't know, man. Yeah, money talks. And, and for me, you know, I read an article last week, and, there, and this wasn't just one article, but, you know, that the PGA was getting investigated by the Department of Justice yeah, for, I heard for a bunch of things. And you just have a feeling that these players, you know, they're putting tradition aside and they're saying, like, you know, our schedules are the way they are. Um, it's obnoxious. We don't want to have to play all these, you know, all these events to – to get FedEx points and all this, you know, it's a little bullshit when the, I don't think the PGA has really opened up their books, you know, right. They, they don't have like, it's not like a golfer uh, PA, like the NHL PA and the NHL sit down every year and discuss the revenue share and all that stuff. And I'm no lawyer, but I think, I think live and you know, the guys in and around it have found a, uh, found a way to, to make something cool to offer, a ton. And by a ton, I mean, look at the bird that these guys flew over. And it was the same bird I took from when I was with the Canucks and I flew to China on China. the thing is China. It's <laughs> it, the thing is sick. It's got the poker tables in front. They flew all their guys and their wives and their caddies and their families over. I mean, Pat, I, the, the highlight of that was Pat Perez on the bird, just fucking dancing around. His head. He's just like, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fucking hey, Pat. I would love to play golf with Pat Perez. I would love to. Um, so, so listen, I mean, you by one, these guys are clipping, uh, you know, clipping a few players, and it, it, let's put it this way: turn out, yeah, yeah, this way up. So Rory finished top five in all four four majors, and granted, Rory doesn't need the money because he's got his Nike deal, but he won three point three million to be top five in all four majors. So he's one, he's the fucking best golfer in the world right now, theoretically, besides your boy Scotty. I mean, to and Tyler Cooch or whatever his name is signs for thirty bananas in the fucking live tour. It's just like if you're a guy that's, I mean, it's. It's so much more money that it, it, I don't get it why people are giving these guys a hard time, but it is what it is. Congrats to Cameron Smith. The Open Championship's unbelievable. Up dog, we got to get over there real quick. The captain, um, Prince, he put it up last night. I'm watching it here with Mackell. Me and Mackell go through Jeter's starting nine, well, 10 with the DH, Tyra Banks. His top 10 <laughs> famous uppy. That's just the famous chicks that he took down. That's not even to mention every hot model in New York that we never even heard of that he took down. Like, the captain, first one was last night. I mean, he says in it, I caught the preview up. He's like, if there was social media and phones, my career probably would have been three years instead of what it was. Like, even 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 GT couldn't probably kept running the rug nowadays, you know? I know. And, geez, I look back to my girl, Christina, living in New York for so long. I, yeah, I, don't know, I think GT, I, I, I didn't want hey, to say GT, it. Hey, I, think, I, I think GT, you, might, you and GT might be yeah, Eskimo hey, brothers, buddy. Hey, honey, yeah, hey, honey. Uh, you know, those young years you spent in New York, that guy was hey, just so. throwing that fucking ball around, wasn't he? Um, I always liked how he, used to, how he used to sign the ball and send him home in a nice limo with little bros. Like, guy's a class act. Yeah, you until know. he got pinched and, on that. Hey, that's hilarious. Yeah, but he was a coxman. What do you expect? The guy was, the guy was, uh, you know, an all-star winning fucking pennants and titles. 
uh, and doing it as, as you know, the best fucking second baseman ever to play. I mean, it's come on. It's the best thing ever. Best thing ever. Well said by you. And listen, and the feather in his cap is he retires from baseball with all these unbelievable notches on his belt. He gets a game winning hit in his last game. And then he retires and he just marries Hannah Davis and starts spitting out kids with her. Like, what? Like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to get one of the hottest chicks in the world. And I'm just going to marry her and have kids with her. Like, are you kidding me? Like, guys, yeah. a legend. So, yeah. um, Princey, great job firing that up. Um, the first one was really good up. He was, it was talking about him dealing with, you know, he came out of high school ups. He was struggling and he was, you know, crying at night and going home. So even guys like Jeter go through some adversity. So Prince, 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 Princey, thanks for firing that up for oh, me. Yeah. Last thing on the intro, I went to summer league on Friday night. Shout out to a hall. They absolutely killed it up dog. Um, the whole two weeks on ESPN summer league has been top story. NBA guys there. A hall was buzzing. Maxi and Binger looked like they'd been put through the ringer. They were just like, <laughs> they thought the fella, they thought the fella tour was hard. They were just, they were like, they weren't hung over though. They were just tired. They were like, they were um, tired. Were, were, did they go out at all? Did you get any inside scoop? I mean, you can't wait to ask them next week, but I don't they, think did they, these guys have any late nights or I don't think they know. Fuck up. See, these guys were working oh. like, I mean, Bobby, like they were just grinding. It was a great event. Um, you know, I liked watching the game on the little court right there. I watched the Raptors and Heat right me right courtside me, A-Hall and Pico. It was unbelievable. So congrats to A-Hall. We know how hard he works on that. They absolutely killed it. Uh, A-Hall's a cobble, much deserved. Maxi and Binger, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Hopefully hitting a rub and tug or something. <laughs> they, they deserve it. <laughs> Smoking weed and surfing, Binger. I go, Binger, you got to treat yourself to a tugger when you get back to Santa Monica. There's got to be a greasy one up there somewhere. <laughs> Just smoke a bowl and go in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that's funny oh, fuck those boys i mean that was a that was a three-week fucking hiatus from them yeah you know in, you in the vegas up. in the vegas heat and you God. should see a, a hall buzzing around there it's unbelievable like he he was tired by this time right there's only two days left when i got there the finals were on sunday but he knew everyone obviously and you know bringing people to the seat and you, you see how hard that he works at it so it's a, it's a, it, they, they killed it up so we got to be you know so happy for a hall how was uh how was the extracurricular in, in Vegas? Let's talk about that. <laughs> Fuck, it was great. I went to catch and then I went to Omnia and bumped into that goddamn legend, Peter Gurgis. I love you, Peter. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna say exactly what went on at his table, but it was fucking National League beyond National League. I mean, then we went back, he had the biggest suite at Encore that I've ever seen, like one of those big boy ones, and then yeah, you know, we ended up at the Rhino. <laughs> hey, old horns you gotta love the rhino dude up, you'll love a, this it's just a great establishment and he texts me the next day he's like get up he's like i'll do his voice he's like oh we get over to get over to encore right now chain smokers i'm behind the dj booth i'm like fella i just landed in newport beach i just ordered doordash i'm heading to my couch he's like what i'm like i had to get out of there man like it's too hot up for me it's so hot there right now but um yeah. Yeah, it was it was great. Peter's a beauty. Love his pod. Uh, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. Well said. No, I was that's I exactly wanted to get you into just Peter Gurgis because <laughs> I haven't got a fucking I haven't got a flavor of Peter here in, in a long time. So it's nice to know that he's still uh, living on top of the world and, and taking uh, care of the boys. Listen, I knew Peter. Peter, we got we actually talk about this every time we catch up with each other. When I was in Vancouver, my second year, you know, Peter was going through something with his uncle when he was at Goldbowl and and. You know, Peter had no money, man. Like he didn't have, you know, he'll say at first he didn't have two nickels to rub together, and 
you know, I seen how hard he worked and where he came. And I, I saw what his tab was at Omnia there. It's safe to say he's got a couple nickels to rub together. So uh, he's a great guy up dog. Um, yeah. It's just, he's, he's, he had his, Oh yeah. This is what I want to tell you. So I, I get there, I get there and I'm like, Hey, take me to Gurdjieff's table to the guy at the front. He's like, yeah, yeah, come this way. So I kind of come around the side. And I do like the old fake hockey thing, right? Where you kind of give him a jab. Yeah. Well, he's got he's got his own security. So now the security grabs. <laughs> so now the security grabs me, and I'm like, "Easy, fella, easy." I know the fucking guy, and I'm like, "Gurgis, Gurgis," and the guy's like, "They got me like this," and I'm like, and then finally Peter's like, "I'm like, you got your own security?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I got my own security." I'm like, "Jesus." <laughs> oh, that's good. You introduced me to him, so well done. Yeah, he well loves done. you. He wanted me to say hi. He loves you. So um, let's get right into some hockey here, shall we, boys? That was about 45 minutes of <laughs> golf and everything else. But that's the funnest part. Eh? I mean, we should just turn this into maybe. Uh, Could we turn it off? Uh, I mean, podcast? Yeah, and it is the off season. I mean, fuck. I mean, what else is happening? Calgary lost their top player. He went to Columbus and Bob's your uncle. Yeah, <laughs> no, so I, I wanted to touch on Johnny Hockey here. So listen, it's no secret that. I didn't love my time in Calgary, right? I got over it. I was cheering for him this year. They got rid of my boy, Brad Richardson. I didn't like that. But, hey, I was cheering for the Flames. Luch, I love him. Lewis, Daryl Sutter. Suck it up, Cowtown. You don't have a fucking rink. Maddie Kachuk is the RFA that doesn't know what's going on. You were living with COVID protocol all fucking season long. The guy was playing in front of rinks without fans. Like, let's not be so hard on Johnny Hockey here. Like, I heard Eric Francis ripping him the other day on social media. And, like, Eric, Eric, who exactly. <laughs> exactly. settle down, Eric. Like, first of all, worry about your own job. Cause I watch games and there's room for improvement there. So don't worry about Johnny hockey's game. <laughs> and then the guy had an opportunity. He's UFA. He's American born player. He wants to go play in Columbus. He wants to go play in fucking Columbus. Like ups. They don't, they, my point being is listen, people of Calgary are support this podcast. Great. They love Princey. I, I love the people of Calgary. They need a new rank, man. Like, let's be honest up dog. They need a new rank. Yeah, if Edmonton had a rink, they'd lose McDavid and Dreisaitl, too. There, yeah. There's no question that these guys, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and Johnny mm -hmm. gave them, you know, Johnny gave, Princey, I'm sorry to say, but Johnny gave them some great hockey, some great yep. moments, great highlights. That goal he scored in overtime to, you know, to beat Dallas in the first round, one of the biggest goals of his career. I just, you know, reading comments and, and reading, you know, I absolutely love what Mike Commodore went off on Twitter the other day <laughs> and said, because listen, it's right. You're quick to realize why he didn't stay when you're looking for answers of why he left. Like, it's like, to me, to me, the rink is a huge thing. Living in Alberta in the winter, if you don't have a world-class arena to go to um, where you leave your fucking, they're parking outside and they're walking. It's just, there's a whole fucking there's a whole it's terrible dude. You come out of the they south park dome, outside, there's, there's they snow on your car, there's snow on your car ups. You know, you just got blown out. You're like, fuck me. Look at this. I know. <laughs> it's not National League. And we talk any, anyone who listens to our podcast knows exactly what we mean when we say National League. And there's nothing about the Calgary Flames organization that is National League. There really isn't. The fucking, I don't like the jerseys. I don't like the ring. <laughs> I like the jerseys I, now. I like the jerseys now. The ones no, that are now, I, I like. It just, I, I was an Oiler guy, so yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. That's okay. But That's okay. You know, to me, I I hate the fact that Cowboys was closed down when we went there for the playoffs. That was a big yeah. issue. I'm still um, not over that myself. Still not over that myself. Yeah. It's, it, it is a thing. And COVID protocols and the bullshit people are fucking dealing with with Trudeau up there. It, it's, it's a real thing. So Johnny Hockey. Fucking rates. 
go take, you know, I, the Philadelphia Flyers and, and New Jersey Devils are more to blame and the Islanders are more to blame than the Calgary Flames. Like he, he was leaving. He, well, he wasn't staying. He wanted to be an American and, and try to win a cup in American team, I believe. And he deserves the right to do that now. So I don't know. Well, well said by everyone when it comes down to the, like the new rink. I mean, Calgary as a city and as an organization, you got to find a way. And as fans, you got to petition to get a new rink or you're not going to get these guys. It's just, yeah. it's, we're, we're living in 2022 right now. And there's new rinks being fucking thrown up everywhere with taxpayer money. I'd rather spend that taxpayer money on a new rink and a place to bring my kids that's enjoyable than on, you know, a stupid bridge that I'll never <laughs> fucking drive over. I don't know <laughs> the bridge. I mean, maybe not. Let's keep the bridges safe. I, I mean, I was thinking about maybe the potholes or something. Oh, the bridges, eh? No, no, <laughs> it's true. The bridges. no, no. If there's yeah, any the Flames potholes. fans listening right now, Calgary fans, and I know that there's a lot of them. You guys are not going to yeah, get. Go ahead. You guys are not going to get this reference. But to the Flames fans that are listening, all I will say is the blue ring. I will send you guys a picture after the show of the money they spent on this fucking blue ring that hangs over a bridge, and it's fucking insane. It is wild, boys. But well, they spent a bunch of money on the blue ring. Oh yeah, I will send you this fucking picture of the blue ring. And Calgary fans right now are punching their steering wheels, knowing what I'm talking about. It's a fucking blue ring that hangs over a bridge. That's all it is. It's What's it for? Nothing. What is it? What, what, what nothing. Does it, mean? it just is looks it cool. Cock, is, is it a cock ring? Is it looks it, like a cock ring over a bridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but hey, listen, guys. I, yeah, you guys are not wrong and I, I see the analytics on the the social media side calgary and edmonton and alberta they're some of the top missing curfew fans and we experienced that yeah, yeah. when we went to fellow tour alberta we went to craft when we went down to the moss pit in edmonton that was some of the best things i've ever seen i'm a calgarian i live in calgary but i'm not an nhl player okay like i i you know I, i've got a beautiful wife i've got my two kids she's got a great career and i have the best job in the world calgary is great for me so I have no complaints about that. The weather is good in the summertime. And yes, it's not as cold as it is up in Edmonton. But as an NHL player, it's not an ideal city. Like I, I'm comfortable to say that. I've been a Flames fan my entire life. I know that the Saddle Dome is not an NHL rink. It is not National League. You guys are talking about the parking lot. They literally have nets on the top of the Saddle Dome because snow falls down and it could fucking kill the players. So they have nets that catch the fucking icebergs. <laughs> Fuck, that down and there, I wish it would have, that snow would have fallen on me. I would have been like, fall <laughs> on me. Hey, or your head coach. Actually, Bob Harley would have been better. Oh, <laughs> Bob for fuck's sake. Fucking Bob. So you can't blame Johnny for, for leaving. Do I like the way that he handled it? No, not really and it's kind of coming on now you talk about eric francis and the the presser in columbus johnny gaudreau was not expecting eric francis to fucking pop up and ask him a question he was probably walking in there expecting i'm going to talk about columbus i'm going to breathe a sigh of relief i'm going to speak about how i'm excited i am and then the second question he gets it's fucking eric francis you could tell that he just this the fucking look on his face was just oh my god i have to answer this shit and he's not a salesperson he's a hockey player he doesn't know how to speak properly. He's not the greatest speaker. I've heard him on interviews. I've heard him in pressers. He's not the greatest speaker. So Francis got that out of him. I, you know, we, we can rip on Francis all we want. I see the guy, you know, Prince, he might be in the dressing room this year for the Flames. So I'll see Eric Francis. So I'm not going to rip you too hard. Yeah. Johnny Hockey said it was a family decision that he didn't want to stay in Calgary. Now, what does it matter to Calgary Flames, Calgary Flames people if he plays in Columbus, Long Island, or New Jersey? He, he said right from day one, Calgary did everything they could. I respect Brad Tree Living. They, they gave me a great offer. It's a family decision. I want to move on. Now, what the fuck do they care where Johnny Hockey signs? It stings more because it's Columbus. 
Well, I hate to tell you people in Calgary, they got cap space. Their building's better. They got some young up-and-coming guys. They got a good young head coach. Rumor is that maybe they're in on Chikrin. Who knows? Like, there's, there's things happening in Columbus that, you know, like, we're going to get into Matty Kachuk here, who we love and is a great friend of the pod. But, like, for Eric Francis, like, Johnny Goudreau worked his balls off up you to get in a situation that this many players get to get, get to. We never got yeah. to this situation. Well, maybe you a little bit in Florida, but you weren't the number one fucking UFA to come out. Like, so yeah. who's it to Eric Francis to say, you know, he's not allowed to do this. Like, he worked his balls off to get this opportunity. If he wants to sign in Columbus, it doesn't make Johnny Hockey a bad guy. And I will say this, Princey, to you and the people of Calgary, because they are good to our podcast. The one thing I guarantee you Johnny Hockey feels bad about is the fans. Yeah. If you got him, you know, not mm-hmm. an interview and yeah. you're having a beer with them, yep. you're like, Johnny, he'd be like, you know what, boys, the Sea Red, I love them. They were great. It just didn't work out for me. So it has nothing to do with, you know, the fans and the people of Calgary. It just has to do with it's a business. Business, yeah. Yeah. And it's just the way our world is, like, with sports anyway. It's like, you know, uh, writers and beat writers, like, they're all just pricks, most of them. And <laughs> not, none of none We're of not going to be like, allowed in one rink next year. We're going to be fucking <laughs> no, like, like, going to get kicked out of my own barn. Listen, it's not the beat writers that give us the passes. We like the team services guys. Yeah. But these guys, there's reasons why most of these guys aren't friends or, or get along well with, with players anymore, right? Like, Players would much rather come on our podcast and sit and do an interview with some of these fucking douchebags. So I, I, I don't know. To me, like you I said it best. Enough, I like it. I like it. No, but you said it best. He, he, he would care about the fans. And that's all you care about. You care about your teammates, your fans, and, you know, the people that you, that you, that you grew close with, your friends away from the rank. Like, it sucks because you're literally picking up and leaving what you, what you knew and what you learned and, and this guy was a young adult in Calgary. You know, he owes a lot to the people, you know, the, the people of the city and the team. But fuck it. It's it's a business. Like you said, it's it's life in sports. At any time, if you don't have a protective contract, you could be traded. And then, well, then what the fuck? Then they rip the GM and they rip the owners. And, and you know, it's just how sports work. And people get all rallied, rallied up. Yeah. And then they'll soon forget because, you know, there'll be a new guy that they want to bring in and, and yeah. it would be the savior and then rip him and, when he leaves. And yeah, let's not forget either. Ups, it's a great point, but let's not forget a year ago with the stupid North division. When, when Johnny hockey, when Daryl Sutter said, Johnny, you know, he, he's shitty defensively. People yeah. were ready. F- fucking flames fans. And Eric Francis probably was ripping Johnny hockey. That is he, you know, we should probably <laughs> trade him. Is he good? Well, now he comes back and has a career year. And now he's supposed to forget that everything that was said about him for 12 years in Calgary and, you know, like, it's not like he was there for two years and, and left. Like, so I think the fans of Calgary, I think if you ask them deep down, listen, it's a hockey, it's a business decision. He's an American born player. Um, you know, we're going to try to get Johnny on here. He did chicklets last week. So we're going to try to get him on, but uh, up dog, one thing that has kind of surfaced here on our social media that I, it's kind of got some traction to it, buddy. And Uh-oh. it's the people of the people of Columbus have spoken and they want a Scotty upshell upshell revenge tour. And you know what? So do I. So do I. <laughs> I, I want to go. I want to go sometimes in the fall where we go to a Buckeyes game. And, and I want the revenge tour. I want I want to go there. I want people to come out and, and be able to talk to you and see if we can see if we can listen, rekindle me, the relationship. It took me to the Battle of Alberta when it was snowing. So listen, I think I got to drag you to Columbus and see if we can get the revenge tour. Holy fuck. This has picked up traction. Did you guys has, keep this yeah. out, of the, out of the rundown or what? No, it's, no, really, it's there. No, it's people there. of Columbus have, have yep. spoken. They want They've the Scotty optional revenge tour. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, listen to the people of Columbus. Like it's not your fault. 
I, I don't. <laughs> I don't pity you that you have to live in Columbus in those months of April, May, June, when when the world is really starting to bloom and it's just rainy and muddy and disgusting. Or, um, it was it was a tough it was a tough go. It was a tough twenty two games. I got to say, like I, I wasn't happy that I got traded from the Coyotes at the time. Right, we're having a great year. I fucking had a sick house on the golf course, and I was fucking vibing. Right, I wanted to play in the playoffs. Fuck, you had a good tan going. You're like, here we go. I, I had it. a good tan. I got in. I, you know, I to be honest, I remember Scotty Arneal was our coach. Didn't quite get along with Scotty. Like, I, I mean. <laughs> Not to say I got along with all my coaches, but I didn't did. Quite get along, didn't quite get along with Scotty. <laughs> I just, it, it was like, it, it was like, you know, when you hook up with a girl and you just, you want her out of your bed and out of your home before you're even finished. You're just like, I, I, this isn't working. Yeah, this yeah. is not going to work. Like, babe, you know? I, my favorite was, hey, babe, I got a game tomorrow. I got a game tomorrow. I, gotta, <laughs> yeah, I, gotta, like, I, need, I need my own bed. I can't sleep. I got a game tomorrow. How do, I, how do we just get these 20 games over with and move on? You know what I mean? So okay, so listen, let's. So I, what do we got to do? What do we got to do? Yeah, listen, but up. I think we can make this fella tour. Yeah. Okay, I, I talked to you as a as a player. I get what you're saying, and I was always been with you. But the people of Columbus have spoken. I think we can listen. We can make this probably pretty juice. We can go in and play Mirfield Village, in Columbus, right? We can play Jack's yeah. Track. We go to a Buckeyes game, and then we can watch a Blue Jackets game. So I think I think there's a way we can make Columbus better to you yeah. as as a media slash podcast yeah, yeah. guy now. So you know what I mean? All right, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I see it. Listen, <laughs> I listen. I was listening to Sirius XM Radio today. They had on Rick Nash. It was a, it was a previous interview, and I listened to that. And listen, I love Nasher. I'm happy he's with the team. I think it's good that that guys are leaving the game and sticking with their teams that that they were heart and soul guys with. So listen. I mean, maybe we give it a shot. Maybe the fellow tour does stop in Columbus, and I see if uh, maybe they'll fucking put me in that fucking gun it's and called, shoot me. Right yeah, yeah, it's called. I got. I, if, if we get Johnny on, I'm gonna be like Johnny. Listen, fella, you know you're the guy there now. Tell him that time to retire the gun. Get it out of here. What do you want? Yeah, the gun? yeah, Get it out. Time to get rid of the gun. No, but up dog. This is gonna be the fellow revenge tour. It's gonna be the Scotty Upshaw fellow revenge tour. So. <laughs> We're going to plan out our fall. When you get back, we'll talk about it. But to the people of yeah. Columbus, I'm working on it. I'm going to get, try to get the updog there. So uh, sticking with the flames, our boy, Matty Kuchuk, uh, having a great time. He's having a great time in Greece. Um, it's going to arbitration. I don't know why someone doesn't offer this guy a fucking offer sheet, Prince. You want, like, what's going well, on? Well, now that it's club elected arbitration, that removes the possibility uh, of an offer gotcha. sheet. So they were that probably maybe sense. a little worried about it, and maybe it's a tactic, but they can't do it anymore. Yeah. No, that's smart move by Tree Living because mm-hmm. this is a time I think you, if you're a team like I don't know, I said St. Louis last year, Prince has gotten the rundown. I'm, <laughs> I mean, my Twitter blew up like I made a turnover for the Canucks back in the day. Oh. Like, <laughs> it was just like, oh Brian, you fat dumb fuck. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I was just saying he'd be a good fit there, but I don't know. We'll see what happens with Maddie. I mean, you know, it's it's good. It, now it's on him. Does he want to stay there without Johnny? And uh, I don't know. It's I, it's a tough situation. Yeah, like I look at Calgary and, and the goaltending, you know, they 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 have the goaltending for locked up with Marky for a while, right? Six or seven years, I think, Princey. Yeah, there's four um, four years left with him. Four years left. So I mean with a with a world class goalie, you always have a chance to win and make the playoffs. But look, losing your best buddy and you having an option after this year, um, you know, he does control his destiny in a way. And and again. Calgary may, may maybe drafting American players is something you look at, you know, down the road and be like, fuck, 
you know, these Americans, they might want to go back and play in their home country at some point. Um, yeah. You know, and these well, are two guys, true. prime, prime, exa- prime examples of it. And Obi, you know, you weren't too far off. Like the people in St. Louis and, and I never grew up there, but you watch all the guys go through their, their time with the blues. They love it. They end up wanting to stay. They have families and raise their kids there. Manny Kachuk grew up there. I think it would be a dream come true for him to play there. I, I think him watching his dad play and, and him being in that rink and, and that, you know, those dressing rooms as a kid, it, it, it created the fire for his love of hockey. And, you know, now he's one trade away right now and one phone call away from Doug Armstrong going, you know, I got Jordan Cairo who we got to sign up a good young player. You know, what, what's it going to take to get Maddie Kachuk over here so we can sign and do a trade deal. Yeah, yeah, that that sort of thing is not too far off, especially if if these talks don't go uh, the way that both sides, the you know the Kachuk side and and the Flames side, if they don't go well, you know teams will be calling. And the Flames right now have eighteen and a half, eighteen point four in cap space, which is a fucking shit ton shit ton nowadays. So yeah. it's not like tree living. You know, Oppie makes a great point. Like if you have a brand new shiny building, it's a lot easier to sell. I know that's not on Brad, and I respect Brad. I bumped into Brad the Belva Burger on on the on the elevator. He told me to say head up. He, he knew we were doing a podcast, so it has nothing to do with Brad. He was always great to me, but it's just a tough situation for him. And we talk about Maddie Kachuk, and I'm going to say it here on Mr. Curfew. I would love to see him sign with the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> Degris, I mean, imagine bringing Maddie Kachuk in here and, and to yeah. play for a guy like Dallas Eakins. Like to me, I don't know if that's ever. I, I just want him out here because he's a beauty. But I, I just seems like a good fit. You got Degris, a young American-born player. Gibby's American-born goalie. Imagine you get Maddie Kachuk out here for a long. I don't know. Obviously, it could be. Yeah. I don't know. It would be. It's interesting. Well, so, we'll, we'll, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I think in saying that, if they do make a splash and bring in a guy like that, you will see Gibson want to stay here. Mm-hmm. I, and by that, I mean, I'm in Aspen, but want to stay in Newport. Gibson's a guy like I, he's getting to the point in his career, too, where he's like, you know, I'm a world-class goalie. I want to I want to have a world-class team in front of me. Making a splash like bringing in Maddie Kachuk would, would be would be a big time, um, a big time move for the Ducks. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it'd be great. And we just have them out here. We tee it up with them. Have Big Walt come out. They tee it up with Walt. <laughs> uh, Cowtown, keep your head up, like Princey said though to the people out there. Listen, you guys are great, missing curfew fans. You listen, the fucking dome was rocking in the Battle of Bird. I had my Lucha shirt on, so we love the we love the fans of Calgary. Stampede's back open, which which brings me in the up dog. We might have to go up there anyways, up even if the flames stink next year. Oh, countdown. Uh, our first segment, our only segment, brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings. It's the free agent frenzy continues, or lack thereof, of a frenzy. Um, fuck is going on with Kadri here, boys? I mean, I, I, I was going to ask you. I, I, I keep texting. Text I keep texting loops, being like, loops, listen, bud. Text Kadri and just ask him what the fuck is going on here. So, like, we won't even report it. I'm just curious to see, like, you know, to me, if you're if you're Lou Lamorello, who I believe has one year left, and and listen, Lou's had a Hall of Fame career, but I think it's time for maybe Lou to take a cushier job where he's just, you know, whatever. He's still around, but he doesn't make the decisions, in my opinion. But why don't you go after Kadri if, if you're Lou? Or if you're the Devils, like, you had this money for Goudreau. Like, I just don't get it. It seems to me, Uppy, and this is just – it's just a hunch and a feel. I don't know, like that. That Colorado's trying to figure a way to to bring Kadri back to see what McKinnon wants for a long term deal. I, I don't know. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, like you watch Tampa, right? Year after year, when they win and they maintain their core group of guys, and and that's not just three or four guys. 
um, you know, it's six, seven guys, right. That, that really like say long-term, if we stay together, we can win. This is now, it was something that I saw back in the day, Stan Bowman doing with Chicago Blackhawks, right? It was, it's like, guys, we have a, a chance to be a, a dynasty. We need, we need to make this work. How does it work? So from the outside looking in, you touched on it. When you said, I, I think in a group text, you mentioned, fuck, I think he's trying to stay in Colorado. Um, it's just, it's a McKinnon thing. McKinnon, like he's been underpaid for so long. He, he does need to make his money. He does need yeah. to. It's not like he's getting an endorsement deal for Fruit of the Loom underwear for fucking, you know, 300 million. And he's just like wiping, you know, let's stay under the cap and let's win some more cups. He deserves yeah, but, to get a paycheck. Hey, I'm, I'm a Kenan and I like Nate. And there does not, yeah. does not, does not 10, does not, you know, eight years, you know, 80, $80 million team, right? Like, does that not just sound like, hey, listen, Nate, here's your eight year deal, fucking 10 bananas a year. Fucking, how are you? We're going to try yeah. to win three or four here. Like, to me, and, and listen, Nate could probably get what 12 McDavid's oh, yeah. making 12 and a half. I mean, he's, that's 2 million bucks. I know it's a lot of money, but to me, it's easy for me to sit here and say this, but yeah. me, like, I don't know. It just seems like then you could probably keep Kadri. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to. So, so then I, I guess price price out what Kadri wants too, right? Like Kadri's a little bit older. Kadri has played a lot of his career underpaid. Um, it's, it's a balance. So, it's a check and balance thing with this going on right now. And, and I hope that the line I would, in my, you know, sick mind, I would hope that <laughs> these guys, what these guys would have. An What's open, going on that sick mind of yours? Oh, no, but they would have this open dialogue, right? Like if you just win the cup, if you and me win the cup and we're both becoming free agents, you're next year and I'm this year that like the talks are between us two, not just 100%. like fucking right. You would be like, guys, we just won. Like, you're coming to my cup party in two weeks. You know, I want to stay. I don't want to yeah. leave. How do we make this work? What are you looking for? What am I looking for? What are they saying? Yeah, no, I, I don't know. That's so 100, I I that's, no, that's a hundred percent right ups. If, and you know, me and you is a good situation. If we were, I'd be like up dog. Are we staying here? Or what are you thinking? And I think when it comes to Nate, I think Landy, Landy will be a big, cause I, I think Landy took a little less now, not, Two million less, like Nate would, because I, I do believe he could probably get twelve million dollars or whatever. Yeah. But Landy took a little less. Like I don't know. It's interesting to see. I think Cadre's agent maybe overshot the runway on what he was going to get, and now he's kind of well. If I'm only going to get this there, I might as well try to go back to Colorado type of thing. But um, time will tell. Yeah. Uh, Phil Kessel, you heard it here first. We're saying he's going to go to the Oilers. The Jimmy Scoops rumor mill. I got some. Yeah, I got some. I think it's going to happen, boys. So hopefully you hear that here first. Um, Stastny's still out there. Subban Klingberg up dog, a guy that you've talked about a lot. Yeah. Right handed demon that can move the puck. Like, who, who, sign this guy. He can change your team in a nutshell. He can change your team like that. Um, yeah. He walks the blue line as yeah. good as anyone in the, in the league. He's a power play guy. He's proven. He's gone deep in the playoffs now a couple of years. He's, uh, he, 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 I look at the guys still left on D he's, he's one a for me and, and he could change a team's offensive ability. I don't know off the top of my head who really needs him right now, but, um, but he'd be a good pickup. Everyone, the Leafs, the Leafs could use them. I don't know if they, they can't fit yeah. him, but Red Wings. Uh, another good, another good, yeah. Penguins, another good right-handed D man that reached out after we put up the Jimmy scoops rumor mill about Phil going Edmonton, uh, Jason Demers, friend of the pod. He said, hey, can you fucking throw a little rumor out there for me? I said, uh, absolutely, buddy. We'll just pump your tires on missing curfew this week. So, hey, people out there, scouts, if you're listening, guys, the right-handed D-man, 
Where's 55 locker room guy? What the fuck? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, he's in shape. He's coming in healthy. Like last year, he would have been in the NHL too. He just yeah. had a bad fucking bath. Let's go. I get it. Let's go. Fucking play in the Olympics. Beauty. All these nerds on your team, you got to fucking get out a couple cool guys. <laughs> well said. We'll leave it right at that. There you go, Demiris. That's your fucking pitch for you, fella. We love you here at Missing Curfew. Um, that was uh, Free Agent Frenzy brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings, promo code Curfew Kings. Last but not least, I'll be ASU, which I do want to take a game in with you. Prince, you might have to jump on a West Jet flight and oh, come down. I will. I will. What do we call this tour? If 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 the Columbus is the revenge, then what's what's the the Avengers? This is the STB. This is the STB tour here. <laughs> this puppy. This is the Z Pack tour here, presented by our good friends at Z Pack. <laughs> oh my god. Um, up dog. Listen, they're not giving any love early because of the school getting the right to play their first. Not many home games. No Friday or Saturday home games. They got a thirteen game home road streak to start they go six on the road four at home 13 on the road so um i don't know it sucks for you these guys what? because yeah. it's gonna be tough they they've got them by the short and curlies don't they this school yeah. they got the yotes yeah this is like this it's like a paired up relationship that's just this sucks from outside everyone all, all the friends are looking at it like this this isn't gonna work and i say that because just share some love with each other I think it's a great, it could be a great fucking combination for, for both teams. You know, if, if, if there's not yeah. an NHL game going on that night, people will want to go see the college game and vice versa. So I, I just, um, I don't know. It would be nice to, uh, it'd be nice to see these guys get a little love. I mean, I've been on teams too, where you go 10 game road trips. Cause like there's some fucking goddamn circus in your barn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough. So give the guys a chance. They got a good young team. I, I can't wait to go see a game in that barn. I think it's going to be absolutely rocking. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I'm you with know. you. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. They're, if they're just hopefully don't get off to such a shitty start that it looks like they're going to get off to. But I still think you'll have drunk college people in there having a good time. So we're going to take it in. Uh, Princey, great job on the missing curfew social clip of Keith Kachuk. Uh, big <laughs> Keith Kachuk, big Walt. That commercial's great. That's unbelievable. Uh, that's old school. That's old school National League. And then a friend of the pod, uh, Eddie Olchuk, leaving the, the Blackhawks broadcast to go to the Kraken. And another friend of the pod, Johnny Forslund. Johnny Forslund, I'll be real quick before you jump in, is one of the best play-by-play -play mm -hmm. guys I've ever listened to. I love what he did this year. You pair him with a veteran like Eddie O. Uh, it's going to be a nice broadcast. And I watched a lot of Kraken games this year, so I'm looking forward to that next year. Yeah, you hear it here first on Missing Curfew, Obi. That will be a broadcast worth watching whether they win the games or not these two guys can call a hockey match as good as anybody um it was something that i think the kraken were missing they didn't have the color guy they needed this year johnny forslin is is a beast in this market um and you know what just what the blackhawks we you know our, our guest coming up here his younger brother left the blackhawks the blackhawks basically fire sailed everyone three weeks ago they didn't have any players on their on their roster i don't know what the hell's going on I think Eddie Ocek's like, you know what? I've had enough. Yeah. They didn't offer him a deal too. So it's like fire sale. When you're, when you're firing Eddie Ocek, a guy that's been, uh, you know, uh, has, has bled for that organization and has been a great spokesperson for that organization for years. When you don't bring him back, I mean, uh, there's something going on in that, in that organization. They fire our boy Sheldon Brookbank last year. It's one thing Brookie. after another there. I love Brookie. Um, Brookie, but, baby. But I love listen, yeah. But listen, the Kraken. 
um, yeah, I can't wait. That's a great barn too. We got to make a little trip up there. Yeah, that'll be a good little Johnny Forsen calls a nice match. So, um, congrats to them. Updog, you mentioned a uh, great get by you today. Ryan Strom uh, recently signed a five-year 25 banana ticket, ticket with the Anaheim Ducks here. So, uh, Let's talk to him. We got to, we'll, we'll dial this kid in with whatever he needs out here. So this oh, is, uh, this is a, this yeah. is the start of a new friendship. So Princey, great job up dog. Love you fella. We got Ryan Strom coming at you. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew up dog. Great poll here. A guy that we were talking about backing up the Brinks truck. This fella backed up the Brinks truck here, fella. <laughs> he sure did right in our backyard, uh, Newport <laughs> beach. So we have a new member of the Anaheim ducks and a guy OB that, uh, I got to meet in Edmonton, my, my, you know, my hurrah, my chance to make the Edmonton Oilers. I come in and this, this handsome fella liked to spend a little bit of time in the mornings with the coffee on the trainer table, shooting the shit with me. So, uh, pleasure to announce, uh, our boy Ryan Strom, fresh. Uh, I think he's just about to golf, so we appreciate you coming on. Welcome to Missing Curfew, fella. Yeah, thanks for having us, having me, guys. It's uh, I follow your show a little bit, and uh, I like what you guys do, so it's a pleasure to be on here. Yeah, Stromer, well, we appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, Stromer, we appreciate you coming on, buddy. Um, listen, we want to talk a little bit about the uh, the New York Rangers run that you had, uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, the Madison Square Jungle, I think they were calling it. Can you talk a little bit about that and how uh, just how amazing it was to, uh, you know, to get a run under your belt like that? It was unreal. Like, honestly, uh, I think the best part about it was no one really expected it from us. And uh, that, that's always the coolest feeling. I think, obviously, you watch the playoff predictions and you read all this stuff. And, you know, you're, you're I don't think we're favored in any one of our series. So that was pretty special. And um, Yeah, it was just unreal. Like, Honestly, coming together with a group of guys, it's so cheesy and so corny, but it's literally the best thing in the world. And uh, when you're grinding 40 straight days in the hotels and doing all that stuff and uh, you're playing cards every night, and, you know, you get your rituals and going to dinner. It's the best. Like, you know, the regular season, everyone does, does their own thing. But in the playoffs, I don't know if people know, like the team usually like puts everyone out to dinner together and uh, like a big team meal. And like, you know, just being together all the time, it's it's the best. And, um, you know, knowing what guys are playing through and the, and the grind and just like coming together and, you know, that feeling of like you, you get scored against, you could be going home next week or you could, you think you score a goal. You're like, Oh, we can win this whole thing. It's, it's the best ride ever. And uh, you know, it was really fun for us and you know, we came together as a group and uh, I think we proved a lot of people wrong. So it was a ton of fun. Stromer, you, you proved me right, fella. You were the difference in the missing curfew playoff pool. I had you against the penguins and I took you against Carolina. <laughs> so thank you for the, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> We had someone wanna, on us. Yeah. Stromer, I want to go back to the deadline. You know, Chris Drury does an unbelievable job and makes those moves. When you guys go from a team that, you know, maybe people question your depth to, hey, hold on a second here. Now, you know, their top four lines are 60. Talk about the feeling you guys had after the deadline, after those moves. Like, here we go, boys. We got a chance. Yeah, no, for sure. And, like, the previous years in New York have just been a fire sale, right? So, I mean, I got there and, you know, Kevin Hayes gets traded, Zuccarello, McQuaid, everyone you can think of just gets shipped off. The next year, same thing, Brady Shea. And then uh, similar the next year is the COVID year, so we kind of just stood pat. And then, you know, last year, you know, it's a totally different feeling, and you get a little confidence. And, um, you know, we were having a decent year, but then you add some some nice names, and um, all of a sudden you're looking at your lineup, you're like, man, we're pretty steady. And, um, you know, I think when you're in it on a day-to-day basis, you don't really realize maybe how good you are. But I kept hearing from my buddies and everyone, everyone they're like, you know, we watch a lot of hockey and I'm like, you guys are, you guys are a damn good team. And, uh, you know, you never know what can happen. I feel like 
we were so in the midst of just trying to be as good as we could every day that we didn't really look at the big picture. And the next thing you know, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, um, you know, it was a great year and uh, it was a great run with those group of guys. I mean, um, from my standpoint, where I got there four years ago, the team was just in the shits and uh, it was a total rebuild, tear it down, whatever. And then to get to where we got last year was, uh, was just a great feeling for the guys in the room because I think a lot of people counted us out and we kept saying, you know, we're building towards something, blah, blah, blah. But you could say it all you want, but I think we made it happen. I think that was, that was the coolest part. Shomer, what was it like to, uh, you know, in, in round one against the Penguins, you guys fall behind. Prince Igor is just not himself. What was like the turnaround that you guys felt like either in front of him or, or maybe his just demeanor and his mentality that got you guys that edge you needed against the Penguins in the first round? Yeah, I just feel like we had to win. We had to win one game and, at a time. And it's such a cliche thing, but uh, Jacob Trouba did a great job of like, uh, we had a big team meeting. We got shellacked like seven two, and he got all the boys together. And I think it just really made everyone believe and just one at a time. And uh, you win that first one. We knew we were going to win game five. Let's say, let's bring it back to Pittsburgh. You never know what can happen. And, you know, Igor kind of found his game a little bit and it wasn't even that he wasn't playing good. It just felt the whole series, like every call was against us. It felt like every, every disallowed goal was against us. They were getting the calls on the, on the reviews, just like it just, that's just the way it felt. And, you know, we had to fight through that adversity and we found a way in. Uh, that was that game seven was unreal. It just felt like we were destined to win that one. And, um, you know, we were five and zero in elimination games in the first two rounds. And, um, you know, that's uh, that was that was that's probably my most the most memorable games I can remember. And um, yeah, just just unreal to do with a good group of dudes, too. Yeah, Stromer, you talk about Truba. I, I call him like the Scott Stevens 2.0 now because he seems like he's the only guy out there. And now, you know, you're only going to play him twice a year. You'll be on the other side of it. But having him on your team and knowing that he's out there and Ford's got to keep his head up, that's a nice feather in your cap still in the NHL, right? To have a guy in the back end that plays that physical. Yeah, no, for sure. And he fights too. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, like he he threw big hits, but he answered the bell every single time. And he wasn't – he didn't say no once. So, um I can't say enough about him as a, as a player and a person. I think he did an unreal job, like with the leadership group this year, um, a lot of things behind the scenes that aren't easy to do, especially in New York. You know, it's uh, you got families living in Connecticut. You got guys living in the city. It's not easy to put that stuff together. He did a great job. And um, not to mention the, the great hits and the great play. Like he was one of our most steady players all year. And um, you know, we had, we had a ton of guys have career years and, you know, when you have that much talent, I mean, that's what kind of happens. So you can uh, take a team uh, to the third round. So yeah, we came up a bit short, but uh, I think everyone was pretty satisfied with um, with our improvement. And, you know, best of luck to those guys moving forward. Yeah, Stromer, for me too, man, I, I appreciate your game so much in the playoffs. But talk about in the conference finals when you're playing through that injury. You take warm-up, I think, in game four or five. And you can see – you got the hair looking good, by the way. You look like a national <laughs> leaguer. But you're, you see, like, you're, you're trying to get it going. Like, just tell our listeners, like, A, how hard it is – to, you know, maybe get your body to play and be how hard it is to maybe be like, all right, fellas, I can't go tonight. Go get them. Yeah, it's tough, man. Honestly, like uh, I don't have any regrets because uh, I feel like if I if I, I miss one game, but if I miss more than that, I don't think I could have lived with myself. I'd rather just leave it all out there. But it was tough, man, like between all the, you know, the freezing and, and the painkillers and everything. It's just it's just nuts. So, uh, you know, you're pushing your body to literally the limit. I mean, I remember um one of the games in the I can't, it's all such a blur looking back on it but one of the games I remember waking up in the morning and like call my wife my, my dad I'm like like I don't know how the hell I'm gonna play today like I got no idea and like I'm almost like in tears because you know you you get to this point in your life and your career and f- for this team and you want to just be there and you want to play but you know everyone's going through stuff that like I said at the beginning that's the best part about it I mean we had a ton of guys like just battling through injuries that were like unheard of so 
um, you know, that's just part of the playoffs, man. I mean, you guys have seen it. You guys have seen guys go through what, what hockey players put their body through. I wish there was like a camera behind the scenes just to show people what they really do. And, um, you know, I think I have the respect from all the boys in the locker room. And at the end of the day, that's, that's all that really matters to me. Yeah, absolutely. Stromer. I know uh, you had a lot of respect from your guys in Edmonton and, and I'm a hundred percent sure that you'll get it from, from the boys in Anaheim as well. Can you just, can you tell me playing a team like Tampa Bay in the conference finals? Personally, I've been to the conference finals twice. I lost to Pittsburgh and lost to San Jose once um, to be so close to a chance at a Stanley cup final. What do you take away when you lose to a team like Tampa Bay and seeing, you know, the success they've had, seeing how they, you know, they were down in a series against you guys, you know, and they, they just came back and, and like just playing the champs like that. What do you take away from that? I mean, for them even to make it back to the finals for the third straight year, is like totally insane. Like yeah. knowing what we went through last year, like just to get there. And what guys were going through, like I mentioned, and, and just like the grind mentally and physically for these guys to like take another run at it. And then and like I remember seeing Vasilevsky after they lost the cup game and he was smashing his stick. And I'm like, man, like, I don't know. These guys are so impressive because they could have just rolled. They went back to back. Like, you know, that, to win one Stanley Cup is like insane. And these guys were going for a third and they were and they were pissed about it. So I think it says a lot about their leadership and their core and, and their will to win, I think they've got a belief built up in that organization that they're never out of a game or a series. And um, that's not hard to, that's not, that's not easy to, to, to get. And I, I really wish that the, they were a healthy team playing that Colorado team. Cause I think it would have been a hell of a series. I think, unfortunately they were just out of gas. And I think even to get through us in that series, I think they really emptied the tanks and um, you know, Colorado was just a different beast waiting for, for, for whatever team kind of limped in. But um, yeah, I mean, it says a lot about them and, I mean, they have so many horses that just carry that team. It's it's impressive year after year. Yeah, it's it's crazy just watching what they're doing, let alone you know actually physically doing <laughs> it. But be, before we move on to you know what you just did with Anaheim, your new contract, talk about leaving New York. Were you close to resigning there? I mean, you don't have to tell us everything, but how did that process work out before you hit UFA? Yeah, we were talking during the year a little bit, and um, I made my like I wanted to stay for sure. I think there was interest to stay, and then you know, we kind of just parked it to the end of the year. And then at the end of the year, I, I just had the vibe that it was going to, we we're going to go different ways. And um, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm totally cool with it. Like it, it is what it is. I get to live in Southern California and join an up and coming team. And um, you know, my only, my only regret is that I didn't get to see the whole thing through. I think uh, like I mentioned a few years ago, the team wasn't in a, that great of a spot. And I think a couple guys and I was part of that group, just, we did everything we could to make it, you know, back to, a recognizable team. I think when you put all that work in on and off the ice that you want to see it through, but you know what, I'm in a great spot and uh, I'm super excited to join a team that I think has got a ton of potential and um, a place I never, ever imagined living and a lifestyle. I couldn't, can't even really even think of now. So, um, you know, this whole process has been crazy. I just wanted to, I just wanted to feel wanted by a team my whole career. I think any hockey player just wants to feel a part of something and to get a five-year deal in Anaheim. I think it just shows that they, they value what I can do. And um, I'm super pumped. Like I can't wait to get down there and uh, get in the sun and uh, try to yeah. win some hockey games. We, and you know what, Stromer, we got you dialed, <laughs> we got you dialed down here, fella. Anything you need, <laughs> golf, restaurants, you name it, buddy. We, uh, me and the up will take good care of you. And that's that ass. And you're going to love it down here. Obviously. I'm holding yeah, you guys we, to that. I'm holding you guys to that too. So you better, uh, yeah, we got Stromer. It sucked. It sucked us in, buddy. We haven't left. It's been ten years and counting. Um, so, talk a little bit about you. You're coming to an exciting team. I think you just mentioned it. You're playing with, uh, you know, you, your boy Shaddy is here. He's working well with these yeah. young guys. 
Chatty's the man, by the way. We love him. He's the um, best. So talk about like you got Trevor Zegers coming in. You got a lot of young firepower. You're going to be a perfect guy to play up the middle for these guys. Talk about that opportunity that you see uh, this year for you. Yeah, I honestly see like a little bit of similarity from um, here from when I kind of went to New York to be honest with you. Like a, a bunch of good pieces. Obviously, like cap space, that's like the biggest thing in today's day and age. If I put my GM hat on for a second, but um, <laughs> you know they got young, they got young guys in cap space, and uh, I mean great veterans. I mean. I don't think people should overlook like the likes of a Cam Fowler or a John Gibson. I mean, a lot of good players, a lot of guys that have been around for a long time. So um, it should be fun. I think it's a good mix. And, um, you know, I had a ton of the guys reach out to me, which is like pretty cool. I mean, getting traded and signing somewhere else is sometimes tough, but uh, to have a ton of guys reach out was, was really cool. And it makes you feel uh, welcome walking in there at training camp. And um, it should be a blast. I think, uh, I think the sky's the limit in the next few years and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Stromer. And you talk about guys reaching out to you. You got Frank, Frank Vitrano coming with you. Listen, I watched this guy play in Florida, then he gets traded to you guys. His release is nationally beyond nationally. But how nice is it to know that you got a guy coming with you into a new team? It's always nice to have a boy with you. For sure. And, like, you know, up you mentioned Shaddy, which is obviously really cool for me. We, we got to play together in New York. And it just makes it a little bit easier. I mean, um, you know, I feel like all the, all the boys in the, in the NHL are pretty good guys. Like it's not the, it's not the hardest thing in the world, let's be honest. But, yeah. um, you know, the first few days, it makes it a little easier and, um, it's cool for like, you know, the wives too, you know, they know a few people they can connect and do their thing too. So, um, you know, that's obviously a big part of it now. So, um, yeah, it should be good. I, I I'm really optimistic. I'm really excited. I think, uh, I didn't see this coming a few weeks ago, but I couldn't be more happy. And, um, you know, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a great run here. I just want to talk about your brother for a second, um, Dylan, headed off to Washington. Uh, you know, you guys being tight, I can't, I got a younger brother. I can't imagine, you know, both being in the NHL, but uh, the opportunity for him, um, you know, I think it's a great fit, him in Washington, I, a one-year deal to prove, uh, you know, that he can be a, a top six guy. Any thoughts on, on him moving out East? I think it's a great fit. I think, um, you know, unfortunately he was just in a tough situation in Chicago where they just wanted to rip it right down. I mean, he didn't really he play sure much. Did. First, he didn't really play much <laughs> the first half of the year, and then, I, like, I don't know, like, how many people are aware, but like the second half of the year, his numbers are like off the charts, and he played first line center. So it's, I think it was like kind of surprising for him the way it went down. But um, to be honest with you, I think the biggest thing for him, he wanted to be on a winning team. He's been on some tough teams the last few years, and um, gets to go to a team of Washington that realistically every year is trying to win the cup now with Ovi till he's done. So, I mean, you're going to get a chance to play with some good players and, you know, Backstrom's probably out for part of the year, if not all of the year. Right. So that's a good opportunity for him. And, you know, as a lefty, maybe try to get on that power play somewhere and get a few cookies and it would be <laughs> nice too. So um, yeah, it should be a good fit. And I think for him, like just to be on a good team, like I said, I mean, you don't miss, you don't make the playoffs for a handful of years and your, your losing record can wear on you for sure in this league and in this, in this business. <laughs> so, it ever. Uh, so, you know, they, they, they went out and signed some guys this summer and they're going to take another run at it. So, I mean, uh, I think it's a great fit for them. Yeah. Your bro comes in. He's like, fellas, I'll just take back some spot here on the half wall. Don't worry, <laughs> boys. Ovi, you just stay over there, but I'll just <laughs> toss him through to you. So, just make sure uh, it runs through Strom for a little bit. Give him a couple of touches. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. We all feel better when we get a little touches. It doesn't matter what position you are. I mean, the more doesn't touches matter. you get, you feel good out there. So, yeah. Strom, Stromer, obviously our boy Ryan Getzlav retired this year. Um, you know, when you talked to Pat Verbeek after you signed your deal, was leadership something he mentioned to you? I, I know you're coming in as a new guy, but you've been in the league, you know, 
for a few years now. You're a veteran guy that just went to the conference finals. Is that something that they're expecting to jump in and help out with Getsy not being there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a little bit. I mean, you're not never going to replace a Ryan Getzlaff, right, on and off the ice. I mean, just a, a legend, right? So, um, but I think, no, I think uh, fortunately enough for me, a reputation has followed me of just being a good guy and, like, you know, loving the boys and trying to, you know, do the right things day in and day out. And um, that's one of the things they talked about. So I think just come in and try to be yourself. I think I've always tried to have a good moral compass and do the right things and keep the boys light and have a good time with it. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, obviously there's a bit of a void in that organization. But um, I don't think there's one guy to fill a, a hole like that. I think it's going to be a handful of guys. And, you know, there's a lot of young guys that are going to step up and, you know, take the reins in the organization. And You know, if I can help guide that even a little bit, I guess that's my job. Obi, you want to talk about Dallas? Has have you had a chance to talk to head yeah. coach Obi? And yeah, Obi so and Dallas. Yeah, so Stromer, Dally. I had Dally at the end of my career when I went back down to say, you know, I was in the minors for my last two years and whatever. You know how it is. I mean, we don't know how it is, but it sucks going back down. So he's such a great guy. Like, have you talked to him? Yeah, like his communication skills are unbelievable. Like, have you had a conversation with him? Because I'm telling you, Stromer, you're gonna love dealing with this guy day in and day out. He's just he's just such a great dude. Yeah, I've heard good things, and uh, he called me right away, which was pretty nice. Obviously, another another guy to reach out, and uh, it was pretty pretty cool too. He called my wife and wanted to chat with her, and I was like, "What the hell, are you guys?" <laughs> hey, Dally, like, hey, Dally, sell down, bud. Sell down, Dally. Like, like, let's keep the strategy out of this because uh, I don't need any I don't need any more critics in my game. So, no, but it was super nice just to reach out and touch base. And um, you know, he said that uh, he's pretty. Easy. We didn't really talk too much hockey, honestly, just more lifestyle and coming in and as a new guy, which means a lot. I think, uh, you know, the head coach is a huge say in your dressing room and you know, how guys feel on a day, daily basis. I mean, I don't think people realize like, you know, he's probably, he's realistically the captain of the ship, the head coach. I mean, he's the one, you know, he's in a bad mood. Everyone's in a bad mood. So it was cool to hear from him and he seems like a great guy and I've heard good things. So uh, it'll be exciting. Yeah. He wears, he wears Johnny V head to toe on practice days too. Like Johnny V <laughs> high tops, Johnny V. So he, he looks the part too. He looks good. Yeah, he can uh, he's, he's not, got the hair and the look for it for sure. Yeah. He's not going to out, outdress our boy Stromer, though, Obi. There's no question there. <laughs> uh, Stromer, listen, we, we know you got a golf game to go to. Yeah, uh, I, I want to ask we, you one couple more things, though, Stromer. Last two things for me. I want to ask you, first it. of all, how about the Zegris kid? All right, we know this kid. <laughs> I was with him at Cabo. I love everything about this kid. Are you? Uh, do you know him at all? Or I mean, are you excited to meet this kid? Because he's, he's a beauty. Yeah, I've heard really good things. Uh, Chris Kreider works out with him in Connecticut, I guess, somewhere. And he, he was telling me, you're going to love him. So, uh, no, he's got I, – I like it. I think, you know, the NHL needs some personality. And, um, you know, it's not easy to kind of break out of the mold, so to speak, and, and be yourself in today's day and age. I think guys that are able to do that with their their personality and their play is, uh, is super impressive. I think he's able to do that. So, um, you know, everyone talks about, you know, the flash and everything. But he had a hell of a year, a lot of points for a young guy, and he's a good player. So, it will be great to meet him. And – um, hopefully get on his line a little bit would be nice yeah. too. Romer, what, what's your handicap in golf? Uh, it's a, it's like a four, three and a half, but uh, right. I haven't played much this year because my injury. So it's, uh, it's probably not true to the way I'm hitting the ball around right now. So that's all right. You got some time. I'm a seven up. He's a scratch. I don't even know what Z is, but before camp, we'll go me and you versus Zegris and Upshaw and see if we can get in their pocket a little bit, fella. No, nope, no problem. You guys are the one bragging about the Cali connection, so I'll just ride along and show up where you guys tell me. Yeah, and, and Stromer, <laughs> Stromer, last thing on the UFA thing, it's just something that me and Uppy have talked a lot about on this on the show. Um, you know, we see ESPN and TNT, and Bettman comes out and says $5.3 in revenue. Anyways, the cap's about to go up in two or three years, they think. Did that play into your decision at all, like, 
ah, maybe I take a three-year deal or you're like, listen, I want my, my five years to go down there and establish myself and, and to keep my career going. No, for me, it was get as long as possible. My, yeah. uh, my last few years have been two-year deals and I was joking with the media in New York this year that my longest deal has been my entry level so far. So, um, you know, I got, I got two little, I got two young ones now, two, two young girls. And, um, for my wife, it's been, it's been, it's tough, right? You're living in rental houses and you're, you're never really know. And, uh, for me, it was just like, let's get the longest term possible. And, um, you know, this money can, you know, change my family's life, my parents and everything like that too. So, um, there was a couple options to roll the dice and kind of wait another year or two and see what happens. But for me, it was just, you know, I want to be comfortable. I want to be in a spot for, for the foreseeable future. And, um, you know, everyone's got a different mindset towards that. But for me, um, I feel like I've played my, uh, I've played my days out on those two-year deals. I'm ready for something a little longer. And uh, it was my UFA and, you know, I'm 29, right. You know, I get that 30 number beside your name. You never know right. how it's going to go the next few years. So, uh, take the five years and, uh, keep trying to get better every day, which is another cliche, but, uh, you know, try to ride this thing out and be the best player I can be. Yeah. I, I agree. Well said I, yeah. I, I, my longest deal was entry level two till my, I got finally got a third year deal near the end of my career. So I feel oh, like man, my, it's tough. It's tough. Um, Stromer, listen, buddy, I love how you go to no bucket. Now you'll have the Now you'll have the Southern <laughs> Cali tan to go with the no bucket buddy. So we're going to look forward to you buzzing around out here. Thank you for coming on up dog. Thanks for grabbing them. And uh, we can't wait to have you out here, fellow. Yeah, thanks, boys. I appreciate it. Keep doing what you guys do. Updog, great job, buddy. Great get. Um, first time I had an opportunity to talk to that kid. Uh, I love the way he played in the playoffs. I love the the effort he did to come back playing hurt, flying around there, no bucket, trying to get his body going. So thanks for getting him. Uh, it's going to be nice having him out here. Seems like he likes to tee it. Fuck, fit him with us. Yeah, I think he, you know, when you ask him his handicap too, and he's like, yeah, before I think he's trying to, he's a smart kid. You can tell, right? He's a good, great speaker, smart kid. I think he's, he's trying to get one or two off us there on the first tee box. Yes. I'm going to use the old upshot trick on him. He's hurt. He's a fuck. He said he's a four. He's going to be a six. That's just how you did when you hurt your fucking knee or whatever it was. No. Yeah. And that's a real thing. You can fuck. I came back from hand surgery and what you got to play as a two. It's like, not right. Right. So um, I did love this kid when I had him in Edmonton at training camp. He was, uh, he was a leader on that dressing room. Um, like I said, I think I introduced him and he, he liked his early morning coffees and the, the, with the hot pack old school. Oh, He's an old that's... school guy. So uh, he'll be a good guy in the ducks dressing room. Shaddy speaks highly of him too. Um, so a nice guy to have in our backyard. And then, you know, his wife, his wife could be friends. Christina is, he's got a couple new friends in Newport. It'll be good. Hey, up talk. Speaking of hot packs, maybe we, we have to get one of those hot pack machines in the studio where we come in, me and you, before the before the pod. We just throw the heat pack on, have a coffee before. <laughs> Fuck those things. That was one of my favorite things about the National League was throwing that heat pack on. I know that smell, right? The smell of those old, like <laughs> fucking grimy uh, heat pack covers. Like yeah, it'd just be soaking wet too. Eh? Like, who didn't hang this up? Just yeah. throw it on the floor. Fucking hey, this one's coffee. not even hot. Who didn't put it? But who didn't close the lid on this fucking thing? Right? <laughs> this one's not even warm here. Get me another one. Fuck. Yeah. Me? The Velcro on this fucking blue little strap here is done. Toss that hey, this trash. Fucking who put this this coffee shit? Who fucking who made this coffee? This one's shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, um, so thank you for getting Stromer. Listen, him and Vitrano. Um Things are heading the right direction for the Ducks. Obviously, a big hole to fill without Getsy, but I love Dallas Akins. We're fucking Orange County boys. We're pulling for the Ducks. So thank you to Ryan Strom. Uppy, Princey, thank you for everything you've done over the last three weeks here, fella. Um, it's been huge without having our studio available. So thanks for your hard work as always. 
course. Uh, no problem, boys. We'll kind of, uh, with Hall Pass, I don't think they're leaving the summer league anytime soon. So this will be uh, a little summer tradition with missing curfew where Princey hops on for yeah. a month and uh, we do it Zoom style. And it was fun, boys. It's nice. It's it, I love being on missing curfew, guys. It's or so fun. Or we just fun get to... a fucking studio in Aspen if I'm just going to be there for these three weeks. And... <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I, I, I love snapping around with you guys. It's fun. I never laugh so hard at some of these stories, man. Like it's people can't see me in the background just laughing at those paintball stories and stuff like that. It's is the funnest time ever so thanks guys yeah no prince you're a big part of the squad we appreciate up dog back in the studio next week are you coming back or what the fuck yeah let's fucking tee it fella let's tee it i can't wait let's get i don't i gotta be honest with you ups the zoom it was we did it buddy but fuck it's not the same buddy i just i need to i I doesn't feel like i'm sitting in the dressing room with you and uh i need that fella it's my weekly uh, one of my weekly highlights so it'll be nice to have you back in there i agree sounds good thanks boys i was missing curfew Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.